Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. A two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining. The birds are about, and there's a sudden buzz in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. Fifteen hole here. Drivers recommended. Oh, is he a caveman? Because he's suddenly clubbed up on. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that? G'day, this is golf. Andrew Dado's my name. I'm a, well, I like to think of myself as a professional golfing enthusiast. Uh, and I get to talk to people about the game. This time, it's at Wyong Golf Club. At the end of the month, they're celebrating their centenary. And I met up with a guy called John Elder. He is one of the longest serving members and one of the great. Um, one of the great memories of Wyong, I suppose, one of the holders of, uh, of the history. He's 86 years old. He is still off a handicap of 11. He's got a wonderful insight into the game, how it's played, the way it's played, uh, the spirit in which it's played. Uh, he talks a bit about etiquette. He's got a fantastic bit about the pre-shot routine, his, uh, and how he remembers it. Definitely worth listening for. So he caught up at Wyong, sitting there in the bar, overlooking the, uh, the first and the tenth tees in the practice screen. Uh, the striping was just magnificent. They're definitely getting ready for a very big celebration. So John Elder, 86. Something for everyone here. So John's been a member here since 1965. But I want to go further back, John. How did you come to the game of golf? As a boy of about 12... I borrowed, in inverted commas, my sister's Bobby Knox club. And I used to come out to uh, play on the original nine holes here. Okay, so so literally Wyong is where you started your golfing life. Absolutely. Yeah, that was it. Um, Then I didn't play much after that until uh, a place called Woodenbong where I was teaching. And uh, we played on a stock reserve there. which had fences around it, much like some of the one of the courses that uh, Wyong played on. Okay, so with your, you played with your sisters. Did you say club? Clubs. Oh, clubs. Uh, yeah, three nine seven five uh, putter. Okay, and so is that your older sister? It was. Yeah. Was she good? No. <laughs> Were you good? No. Right. All right. So, what drew you to the game then? Like, and how when you so this started well, life as a nine hole nine hole course. Okay. The reason I took up golf later in life was I used to play tennis, but my wife at that time wasn't very good at tennis and wasn't enjoying the game at all. And so I said, "Well, let's go and play a game that we 
and she took up golf and, and uh, like a duck to water. Okay. So, and that's why I played golf from there on. How good did you get at golf? I got down to handicap at four. What was the highlight of your golfing career? I probably shooting five under here one day uh, when I had six birdies in the front nine and three birdies on the back. And so, how did you win the comp? On that day, yes. You're right. And and what was the reaction to your winning the comp? Uh, seven under my, I swel- uh, twelve under my, no, seven under my handicap, right. So they cut me from seven to four. Wow. And and that was your best ever mark. That was my best ever ground. Yeah. Right. And is that what got you into the pennant team? Uh, probably eventually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to really enjoy pennants. Uh, competition was great, the company was good, you know, and you got to play against some really good golfers. Uh, I, I played against a, a guy that had won the World Seniors Championship at Gosford, and the thing was I beat him. <laughs> but I found out afterwards that he'd had a triple bypass two years before. <laughs> so is it, is it the competition? Is that what you like about golf? Um, it's a mental, physical social process and uh, the three go- you put the three together properly, you have fun. All right. How, how, how do you go about putting those three together, the mental, the physical and the, what was the other one? Social. Okay. How do, you, how do you go at putting those three together? Well, socially, don't be a pain in the bum to people, right? Don't grizzle too much. Uh, don't complain about things too much. Uh, uh, physically, um, you do need to prepare. Uh, golf's a uh, demanding, not terribly physically demanding, but it helps if you're in reasonable physical shape. Mentally is, is probably the more important thing, uh, getting the correct routine, getting the club in the right place at the right time. Um, it, fundamentally, I say golf, the golf, I don't call it a swing, I call it a rotation. Uh, is um, three things have got to be there. The club's got to be online. Club head's got to be square when you hit the ball. And your weight has got to be behind the ball when you hit it. Do those three things, you'll get a reasonable shot. Okay. Where, what is your handicap now? 11. How old are you? 86. Wow. Okay. Do you have a pre-shot routine now? Yes, yes. I, the kiss principle is the important thing. Keep it simple. Take a look at the hole. What are the problems? What's the wind doing? What's the slope doing? Right? What you've got to avoid? Right? Where are the hazards? Okay, pick your line. That's what you line up on and make certain that you're square to that. Take your club back on that line, right? And make certain that your weight stays back uh, when you do your rotation. Right, and so if, you, if your weight stays back, automatically when your club head starts to come down, it'll swing your body forward or try and swing your body forward. The important thing is not to let it swing you forward, but to rotate. Rotate. So it's all about the rotation. No, no, I, I love it because there's so many. I mean, you you would have seen the change in the game of golf, the way it's played, the way it's taught, the equipment. Yeah, quite a degree. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, probably the uh, the change in technology's been the big factor. Uh, shafts and heads. Uh, 
balls have changed quite a bit, but, but uh, yeah, I played with some of the old balls and they used to cut like crazy. Yeah. Pen, old Penfolds balls, you'd be lucky to get four or five hits out of them before you just okay. hacked them. So you really had to hit them properly, didn't you? You did, yeah. They were a good ball to hit, but, uh, good feel, but, but not that, like... Was it, that was the James Bond ball, wasn't it? Penfolds? I'm not sure. No, <laughs> Could I have think, been. Maybe. So the club goes straight back, and the, when you say the weight, well, can you just describe what you mean by when the weight is back? All oh, right, okay. So, so I start the rotation with my left shoulder, right, your front shoulder. Yeah. Okay. So it is is the thing that pushes the hands and the arms back. They stay like a a Y shape, right? And you, I used to be able to go back a lot further than I can now, of yeah. course, but. Um, basically, if you can get your back pointing to the target, it's not it's just quite a good rotation, right? When you start to, and, and the old saying, shoulder to chin, shoulder to chin, right? Uh, so that the, the front shoulder, leading shoulder, comes under your chin or touches your chin or thereabouts uh, in the back swing, back rotation, yeah. right? And, and your right shoulder goes under your chin with the front rotation, but the chin needs to be behind the ball when that shoulder goes to the chin. Okay. So the, the head, basically, it does move a fraction, moves a little bit, but not much. Okay. It stays behind the ball. And has this been your golfing mantra for your whole golfing life, or have, you, has, have things changed on the way through? I'll tell you. <laughs> Um, there was a time when I was hitting the ball pretty well. Yeah. I, I was playing off for a while. Now, what is it that enabled me to hit the ball the way I'm hitting it? So I analysed it and I wrote down 10 points. Right? And I said, now, if I do those 10 things, I'll get a good, good shot. Right? <laughs> but I can't have a bit of paper with me and go through 10 points on each hole. Mm. I've got to, they've got to be memorised. So uh, the, the best way to do this is to make certain they're indelibly placed in the brain, right? So I wrote them down and put them on the back of the toilet door. <laughs> uh, at home? At home. <laughs> What'd your wife think? <laughs> well, nothing she much. Goes, What's this, is this rotation about the toilet? <laughs> you couldn't put something about cleaning up the... <laughs> nothing for a while, but the trouble was that each of those 10 points got sub-clauses, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Every, every so often, and I'd have to write an extra little bit. And then the question was, how many notations am I going to put on the yeah. on the wall? And I remember reading an article by Gary Player, tip 1022. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I've got to stop this. Right. So I, do, do you remember the 10 things? Basically, they're the ones that I've, I've told you. Okay. A, a, alignment, first of all. Uh, check what's in front of you. What have you got to do, right? And what are the obstacles, right? Secondly, okay, your grip was important. Don't overgrip, right? Uh, a soft grip is an important one, right? Then your alignment, right? Do your practice, of course. Do your practice swing. And then when you're happy with your practice swing, repeat your practice swing and the actual swing. So basically it, it came down and it, that alignment, hands ahead of the ball with iron shots, hands 
about level with the ball for uh, your, your driver, okay. right, and things yeah. like that. So, yeah, basically, you know, okay. that, that hasn't changed much. All right. It's, it's interesting. What about, do you remember, um, do you remember the, the turn from wooden persimmons drivers to steelhead to, mm-hmm. like, do you, was it exciting? Or were you a naysayer? Were you a foul fuddy-duddy going, oh... I had a uh, my my first significant set of clubs that I bought new were Jack Nicholas, and it had a wooden had a wooden head, persimmon head, one and a half driver. I was playing at uh, New South Wales one day in the country championships, and you were limited to a handicap of below six. We got to the sixteenth, which was a hole out in the sea. Basically, you had it over water all the way. Normally, the about, a, the about a four... Well, it's changed. Okay. Uh, a four or five iron, right, uh, would have got you there okay. But this particular day, a howling sour-easter, and we were lined up. There were 12 players waiting to hit off on that hole. Reason being that the ball was going 30 or 40 metres right of the green every time they hit. And I'm watching these guys ahead of me they're hitting three forwards and they were knocking it really, really well, missing the green by 30 metres. So I thought, I can't hit the ball as strong as these guys. So I've got to aim out to sea. So I took out my one and a half. Yeah. I aimed out to sea, thought I'm going to be a bloody idiot or whatever. A genius. Well, out of 16 players, I was the only one that got on the green. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the old one and a half. Right. Uh, and so what about when the, when the tech changed and you, you know, like what do you play with now, for instance? I play with the Titleist. Uh, Titleist um, I don't know what it's called. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Uh, well, how, how long since you've had new clubs? Uh, probably four years. Oh, okay. About four or five years ago I bought it. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I was hitting the ball a bit stronger then than I am now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how long do you reckon you'll play for, keep playing? What you said, you're 86? 86. As long as I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you just have to recognise that you're not the person you used to be mm. and um, be prepared to accept that you can't hit the ball that far anymore. You've got to use a different club. You've got to prepared concentrate on your short game probably more than your, your long game. Yeah? Okay. What... what what is it about the game of golf that you have enjoyed the most? Friendship. Yeah. Company. Um, fun. Challenge. They're, they're the, I, I don't think you can put it in one word. It's, no. A, no. it's, a, it's a composite composite of many things. But uh, it, as I say, it's a mental, physical and sometimes social challenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it actually put that way, about the social challenge, because well, it, it can really be. It can well be if you are with people who are um, not doing the right thing. Mm. Mm. Okay. Is there something that you would say everyone should experience in the game of golf before they move along from the game? Uh I really just give it your best shot. Um, 
if that's not good enough, it's not good enough. But but you know you're going to get your best shot. Um, and experience a hole in one if you can. Okay. How many times have you had a hole in one? Eight. Wow. <laughs> How many here? Uh, five here. Right. And is, is there a trick to a hole in one? Uh, sorry, but not official five. Right. Only one of those was official. Okay. So one <laughs> in comp. Social. We're in social rounds, yeah. yeah. Right. So is there a trick to a hole in one? Luck. Just luck. Well, you've got to hit, obviously. Yeah, yeah, You've got to hit course. the distance. You've got to hit the line. Yeah. But luck is a big factor. Okay. Put it this way. The only thing, for, only hole in one for which I got any recognition was on the fourth. And I was playing reasonable golf at the time. I hit a four on, I think. It was so bad. <laughs> that I turned my back on it, threw the club into my bag, saying probably some cuss words, mm. and a bloke on the third green said, hey, mate, that's just gone in the hole. <laughs> I didn't even see it. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, tell me about uh, Wyong Golf Club. Give us a, a sort of a, if it's possible to have, I know it's the centenary this year, yeah. uh, and so that event's coming up at the end of November. Yeah. Is there a sort of a, a, a quick pricey of the, of the history? It has changed in nature, probably from the early days when it started the race course, from probably a businessman's club. The, the townspeople in those days who were playing golf were probably people who were running businesses in the town or they were school teachers or whatever happened to be. Um, so in that sort of sense, but it changed its nature probably after, particularly after World War II, uh, when, uh, as Jack Britt, who used to be uh, captain here, said uh, Jack was as good as his master. And uh, so it was uh, uh, much more... Um, Wyong type place. It uh, Wyong is a not just sophisticated town. Uh, it's a uh, um, I don't know, pretty laid back. And okay. It's so so Wyong's on the on the central coast. It's south of Gosford. Yeah. No, north yeah, north, north of, of Gosford. North is it north of Gosford. North of Gosford. Gosford south of Wyong. Oh, okay. So all right. So I just blew straight past Gosford on the. You came up past Gosford up here, right? Okay. Okay. So central coast. It, um, I would. I think it's probably a working, if there's a, such a thing as a working man's club. Yeah, uh, well, you've got a, a 
large numbers of uh, um, travellers, right, travelling to Sydney and Newcastle, but particularly Sydney, thousands from the Central Coast. Uh, I don't know, it might be 10,000, maybe more uh, each day. So, But uh, in recent years, there's been a huge change in the whole nature of the economy, uh, uh, Wyong, of course, uh, and, um, and now uh, a lot of factories, right, around the place. Uh, so that, that's providing quite a bit of employment in the area, but like the original place used to be uh, fishing, used to be citrus, used to be timber, used to be dairying, uh, it was a farming, timber okay. type community. So and how far off the coast are we at Wyong? Oh, probably about 10 k's, okay. eight, 8 to 10 k's. So it's not quite a, it's not quite a coastal holiday town? Well, it's the one that feeds the holiday town. Yeah, Would that exactly. be fair enough? In, in, in the early days, uh, when the railway... Warren didn't start until about the 1880s, right, when the railway came through, right? And, and uh, when the railway came through, uh, people used to come up uh, to go to the entrance, right, but they would come and get off the train at Wyong and get on the steam barges, steam launches, uh, used to sail from Wyong River across to the entrance, and that was the way they got to the entrance. Okay, so we're just south of the entrance. The entrance was a uh, had, had uh, guest houses right, in those days. Right. Okay. And when you came here, so that was nineteen forty-seven. Right. So just after the war. Yes. Wow. Just after the war. Okay. Um, it's a fairly small town, a bit over a thousand people. Yeah. You knew everyone, and they knew you. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> And so, how do you how, how's the progress and the, the the change been? Because it's actually quite big now. Yes. So, so the change the change has come about as a result of largely those industries of dairying and timber and so forth. They're gone. Mm. Citrus, uh, even fishing to quite a degree has gone. Um, but uh, now, of course, it's uh, people travelling to work uh, to Sydney. Um, it's still got the uh, attraction of the beaches, the valleys and so forth. So nearly all that farming area now are hobby farms. They're, yeah. they're, they're, uh, and of course they've become very valuable. So a person who had a dairy farm of 100 acres, right, was sitting on a gold mine. Why yeah. would you bother to milk 60 cows or 70 cows when you could sell the place for a few million dollars and put the money in and live off the interest at the same Yeah. Without working, yeah, you do sound like a school teacher now. And so, very sensible. And, and of course, the prices of Sydney have gone crazy. Mm. Therefore, the Central Coast becomes a very attractive place to buy, sell out in Sydney. Come to the Central Coast. Our population increase, I think, is somewhere around about three to four percent per annum, right, on the Central Coast, okay. other, which is fairly high. So, with a population, I don't know what it is now, two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand. Um, you're talking about 10,000-odd people a yeah. year coming onto the Central Coast. So what does that mean for the golf club? And, and just tell us, that, let's get back to that, that golf club yeah, history. Yeah, well, of course, when I first started playing golf, um, you didn't have to put your name down or anything like that. You just turned up, be there by 12 o'clock. Well, Saturday, golf didn't... There was no golf in the morning. Golf from midday on, really? right? Yeah, yeah. People did... Well, the shops were still open, Right. Right? And so, uh, yeah, yeah, golf, shops closed at 12, and so golf would start around about 12, and people would uh, come out and and they'd put you with someone you'd, you might have never played with before. So the fields were 
well, well less than 100, well less than 100. So um, it was very social. Okay. The, um, that whole notion of the shops on Saturday, shutting at 12 o'clock, and that, so the business ended it, and then the weekend was literally the, was for the weekend, wasn't yeah, that's it? That's right. Yeah. Did, now, just as an aside from the club, do you think that was better? Do you, did you, in the olden days, I mean, I remember the olden days, and I look back and think, wouldn't it be great if nothing was open on Sunday? Um, there's pluses and minuses all over the of course. place. And that's a, 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 saying something's better, it's different. Um, but uh, I, I enjoyed my youth, uh, enjoyed my tennis, my later my golf. Um, yeah, um, Saturdays and Sundays were great. 40, yeah. 40 on Sunday, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, tennis on Saturday, 40 on Sunday. Yeah, it was pretty... It was simpler. Yeah. Um, and so back to the club, how's the club changed over the, um, over the course? What are the sort of the major moments, do you think? Dramatic changes. Uh, as I say, you've gone from a businessman's club in the race course, a little bit, probably not terribly different when they went to Garhas Paddock, uh, which is out on Jensen Road, uh, but they were only there for a few years before they came here in 34. Um... But as I say, the big change came after World War Two, right? In the nature of the club, a uh, few roughies, right? One was one wasn't regarded as being a, as I say, um, it, it was very egalitarian, put it that way. Right. So uh, just go a bit deeper on the roughies. What do you mean by the roughies? Oh well, um, probably in the early days, for example, the fellow that that gave me the information about why on race course, the golf course when it was in the race course, and um, the golf course out of Gahas Paddock was a, a part Aboriginal guy. And uh, I don't know that he would have been welcomed into the, the club in those days. Well, mind you, he was only a kid. Yeah. So he used to caddy. But um, he became a member of the board later on uh, after World War Two. Uh, as a member here. But he was able to, uh, yeah, in those days, he was just a caddy. Okay. And that was about all he was allowed to well, be? Well, yeah, probably a bit, a bit, yeah. A bit like uh, that, yeah. It was a businessman's club to start with. Okay. Right, uh, but it has it's changed. And, um, uh, but it was a, Wong's always been, well, in those days, um, a very friendly club. Okay. You were You were welcome, provided you did the right thing. Okay. Yeah. And and so what are the other sort of key moments do you think for the for the club over the over the journey? So they moved they they came to this new site just yeah. after the war. Yeah, okay. Well, the the course as I say the course has changed. Uh the key moments uh I'd have to look back at the history now but but uh from nine holes it went to 13 holes and then uh they uh they got a fellow by the name of Al Howard, a course designer. And Wyon would have been one of his early courses. Um, he designed the 18 holes. And, um, and since then, we've had Cooper Nagel and, and uh, uh, Grady and so on have come in at different times to redesign parts of the golf course. So there, there have been some physical changes like that. Um, I think as the club's got bigger, so we went from 100-odd 
right, when I first started playing, to a thousand odd, right? A thousand playing members. Uh, well, a th- yeah, yes, a thousand. Yeah. A, a thousand. A, a full, b- well, full. full or very close to full membership. Wow, right? That's a lot. Well, 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 we've got thousands of social members nowadays, of course. Yeah. Right. That, um, but our fields, our fields went up. When you when you say that, um, our fields were as high as. 240, 250. When the president here, a fellow by the name of Artie Mollett, who played a, he was one of the giants, you'd say, of Wyong golf club history, he used to call it the club with a good spirit. And he's uh, right. Okay. So, it, is a club made, is a club made, and a club like Wyong, is it made by the people, by the characters in the club, or is it the course? Do you think there's an equation there? All golf courses are, have got a character, physical character, right? Uh, like, you take a course like Naruma, for example, which got nine holes in the seaside, nine holes in the bush. Dramatically different character. Wyong is, um, yeah, Wyong's different. Every hole's quite different. Um, and it's, it's a good challenge. It's a good physical challenge. Um, but again, um, clubs are fundamentally members. And um, people have always joined clubs for for themselves, right? Oh, it's interesting. Uh, there will be a small number, small percentage of people who are willing to go above and beyond, and uh, <laughs> yes. and, and but but they are relatively small percentage mm. of members, and that applies in most situations, most pla- most organisations. Uh, um, but yeah, no. Um, I look back to the years when we had Captain President's Days, which were very different to Captain's President's Days now. Okay. And we're very, very social. Okay. How, did, how would you describe the golf course then? This one? Mm. Good. It's a good golf course. Could be better. Could be <laughs> better. But, uh, but, but uh, and, and if we're ever able to redesign it, which I have done, <laughs> but no one wants to look at it. Um, uh... <laughs> well, tell me, okay. Now, given I haven't played the golf course before, but you've, so you've done a redesign. I you've did, done your own redesign. I did, an, I did a redesign, yeah. Right, yeah. Tell me about that. I was asked to do it. Okay. Well, by the secretary manager at the time. He, yeah. he wanted a practice area, so I said, oh, well, look at it. Uh, so... Other people would disagree with me, but, but I just... Using Jack Britt, who, who gave me the idea, actually, moved the golf course one hole south into the swamp. Into the... In, sorry, <laughs> wetland, wetland, right? And the argument, of course, is that the Greenies would never let us do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> What's the argument for Coinda? They've put 18 holes in the, in the, in the wetland. Yeah. Right? No problem. Why wouldn't we be able to put one? Right. So Coinda's the... Um, and actually, the, the piece of land that I, is zoned open space recreation. It's the last map I looked at, it was zoned open space recreation. Okay, so it We've is conceivable. We've already got a dam on it. Okay. Right. And in your mind, what's the great joy of Wyong Golf Club? I mean, you've, as you say, you've had over 70 years in the game. About 60, I do. Nearly 70. Oh, well. 60 I, I years here. Certainly enjoyed it as a kid, but as a member. No, not as a member, but 50-odd years as a member, but, but uh, 
Yeah, I've had certainly had uh, seventy odd years as a someone who's enjoyed the place. Uh, I don't know if you can put your finger on what's good about something. Uh, sometimes it's just a feeling about the place. Uh, you, there aren't special words to say, you know. Well, um, felt good to be a member of Wild Golf Club. Uh, yeah, but that applies to a lot of clubs. Now. Yeah. Club loyalty. Uh, your feeling of, uh, uh, I've heard of other clubs in the coast where there's a bit of snobbishness. We we never experienced that in my experience, right? At Wyong, there was no snobbishness, right? Uh, you're all welcome, uh, provided you did the right thing. Yeah. Okay. And so, what is the what is, in your mind? What is the right thing at a club? Uh, just behaving as a reasonable human being. Um, <laughs> just being. Friendly, uh, just welcoming people, um, trying to make certain that they enjoy their game as much as you do. Yeah, um, that's etiquette. Is knowing the rules helps, right? Because people do a lot of things in ignorance, but there's a way of telling people that they're making a mistake, and you can do it efficiently, or you can do it gently. Gently would probably be better, theoretically. <laughs> First two times, anyway. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes. All right, John, look, it's a real pleasure to chat. Congratulations on the centenary. I know you'll be speaking on the night, so, um, and a real pleasure to meet you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. John Elder from Wyong Golf Club. So congratulations to, uh, to Wyong, terrific centenary. Uh, as I say, it's celebrating at the end of November. And thanks very much to John for his time. I hope you enjoyed it. What a ripper. Fantastic. I'm going to chat to Kenny Dukes. So Ken is a PGA professional who is working there in the pro shop giving lessons. And I know he's got stories to tell. That podcast coming soon.